Welcome to the podcast of the Sunday morning worship service of the Heartland Church of the Nazarene. We're a community of faith learning to love God and our neighbors as ourselves. Welcome home. All right, today's sermon text is from Colossians 1, 15 through 23. The passage will be on your screen, or if you like, please turn to Colossians in your Bible. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For in him all things in heaven and on earth were created, things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers. All things have been created through him and for him. He himself is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And through him, God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through the blood of his cross. And you, who were once estranged and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled in his fleshly body through death, so as to present you holy and blameless and irreproachable before him provided that you continue securely established and steadfast in the faith, without shifting from the hope promised by the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven. I, Paul, became a servant of this gospel. Thank you, Tammy. That is the uh, word of the Lord for us today. And thank you to Wayne and Dawn for filling in uh, for Sam so well uh, and leading us in worship. We really we really appreciate that, and I know it's good to have people around who uh, who can fill in those uh, those sweats because not everybody not everybody can do that. Uh, I guarantee you, you wouldn't want me uh, leading worship. It's bad enough when I when I when I play guitar. So, <laughs> um, well, uh, we're we just started last week. We started um, a new new series. We're going through the book of Colossians. And it's a letter that Paul writes to uh, the church in Colossae. I can never say it quite right. But um, it, it's, a, it's a church that me, he may not have actually ever gone to or visited, but um, he's writing to them, uh, and he's saying really, really good things. Last week we noted how thankful he was for, um, for the Colossians and all of the things that he was hearing about how they, how they believed and how they expressed their faith in Jesus through through concrete action, through their, through their love for others. Um, and he, expressed, he also gave them encouragement. He said, Don't, uh, what God is doing in you, God is doing all over the world too. And we said last week that sometimes that's uh, difficult to remember that, that you know, God isn't just working in us, but that God is doing things all over the world. Um, we, we have a tendency to think that we are the, well, the center of our own universe and uh, we just aren't. God is doing great things outside of Fulton, outside of America, uh, where the gospel is growing. Well, it, he, he ends up his uh, introduction and with thankfulness and, and praise for the church. And uh, one of the things I said last week was how grateful I am uh, and thankful for you as our church, as uh, the local body of Christ, 
uh, who's filled with wonderful people who do great things and uh, express their faith uh, through love for others. So, well, this week, um, we, we jump into the kind of the meat of the Colossians, uh, the letter. And uh, I, I think I have to say at, at the beginning of this that I, 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 didn't, under, I didn't know uh, how much this passage, uh, and the book of Colossians actually in general, has been influential on me. Uh, in some in some really specific ways, and I think um, I think we're gonna we're gonna hit some of those things. Uh, it's been helpful for me to, to kind of keep me uh, grounded in in doing the things that I that I should be doing. Uh, and the first, we'll just kind of go through it. And uh, I always have trouble with Paul because uh, it's you know not a story, and and I like stories, and sometimes it's hard to preach from things that aren't stories. It's just for me. Um, well, we start with this, verse 15. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. And like we said with the kids, uh, that image word is actually icon. Um, and uh, it is, an icon is something that represents something else. And we interact with these things daily, right? So they're not just on your phone, it, you know, or your, or your tablet, but they are on street signs, Right, so like it, they tell you where to go and what to do, and it represents other things. Um, and, and Jesus is that for for us. Like I said, He is the exact representation of who God is. I think this this is Paul begins this way because I think this is this is so very important for our lives and how we live it. Uh, it, it, it it's become uh, apparent to me uh, over the years. That who we understand God to be uh, in, in, his, in God's nature determines how we live out our faith. So, if we think God is vengeful and angry, uh, well, then we might be, as Christians, vengeful and angry. <laughs> uh, and there are some Christians who, who have that conception about who God is. If we think God is loving and caring, if God's true nature is love and self-sacrifice, well then, well then we might be encouraged to exercise our faith in those kinds of ways. Uh, if, if we believe that God gives himself up for us, even while we are sinful people, well then we might exercise love and care for sinful people uh, and, and not come at them from a place of condemnation, if that makes any kind of sense. So Paul right off the gate confesses he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. Um, now, firstborn is not necessarily like uh, he was actually the firstborn. Like Nate is my firstborn. I didn't, uh, God didn't create Jesus. Jesus was always part of who God, God is. We, we confess that as God is the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And that language fails us when we talk about God because well, we, we use these familial relationships, but in reality, it's, it's expressing something more about who God is. And it expresses uh, more about the nature of his relatedness to everything else. Uh, so in, in the biblical world, if you were the firstborn son, you were the one that, that had all of the authority after after the, the dad. And when the dad passed away, then all of the family authority passed to you. And so this is kind of the, this representation that Paul is saying that, that Jesus is, well, he's, he's over everything. 
And, and the, the, uh, the people of the day would have understood that firstborn meant that he was the ruler and that he was the Messiah and that he was the son of God. Uh, son of God in Roman culture always had, uh, well, always had, uh, well, they would have referred to gods as son of gods. Like, so Zeus was a big god and then other gods. But it's not quite, it's not quite like that. Um, but uh, all of these things point to Jesus' deity. So he is fully God while he is yet still fully human. And I know that's hard for us uh, to comprehend sometimes. Uh, he goes on. Uh, for in him all things in heaven and earth were created, things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers. All things have been created through him and for him. So this kind of ties into that firstborn uh, imagery a little bit. That, uh, the readers would have understood that to be, you know, this pointing to, to Jesus' godness. Uh, this next part, though, uh, I, this is where this begins to become really important for me anyway, just by way of confession. All things in heaven and earth were created uh, by Jesus. Like, this, for me, and it's hard for me to express this maybe, uh, this is part of why I, uh, for, for, well, when we had an offering, when we would take it anyway, um, before COVID, uh, one of the things I would always pray about was that everything was a gift from God. And, and part of that comes like, you know, we give back our, our tithes and our offerings because they, all of the things that we have, all of the work that we've been able to do to earn that money has been gifted to us from God. And so we give back a portion of that. And, and a lot of that is rooted right here in this, in this passage. Uh, that all of the world, everything that is, that was, and that will be, was created and set in motion by Jesus. Uh, uh, John picks this up when he says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. And, and all those things came to being, being through him. And so uh, it's important, I think, for us to, to latch on the fact that that Jesus created everything uh, because it's not ours. It is gifted to us in graciousness and in love. Things that were visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers and all things will be created through him and for him. I, I think that it's important to maybe stop here and, and note some things. One, God created the world and he stepped back from it and said it was good. He created us, and he stepped back and said, it's very good. And yet, we see all over the place sickness and death and disease and evil of unspeakableness. Unspeakable evil. Maybe that's a better way to say that. And so what do we do? What do we do with that? If, if the world was good and God created everything, then does God create all of the sin and evilness? Uh, in the world? Uh, are all those thrones that, uh, you know, presidents that are bad and uh, things like that are uh, rulers of this world? Did God create those evil things? Well, God created what we are and gave us the ability to, well, to decide whether we were going to be faithful or not, to decide whether we were going to be um, good or not to decide whether we, we would follow and rest in God's created order, 
if we would handle it and understand it as a gift from him or if we would take what we have been given and use it solely for our own, our own gratification. I think that's where the evil of the world comes from. It comes from choosing not to view God as the creator of all things, but, but to say that it's there for us and even that we made it for ourselves, which I think is a huge temptation uh, to look at all we have and say, I did this for me. Uh, I made myself. I think that's the biggest lie that we have. And, and the, the way we stand up against that is by resting in the fact that it's Jesus who has created everything and has gifted it to us in love and in grace. He himself is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Um, so one of the things we believe is that God didn't just create the world and then let it go. Although it, sometimes it seems like that with all that evil we were talking about. Uh, but that, that we have a world that functions and that we can live in because, because Christ is in the world. Because God is actively at work uh, keeping our world from devolving into chaos. Uh, have, have you ever been in a position where you've had to like hold things together? Like, uh, I, every parent who ever was feels this, I think. Um, at first, it's when your babies will do nothing but cry and eat and poop. You feel like you've got to kind of hold it all together uh, and, and, and keep the chaos at bay. Uh, and, then, and then when they start walking and you go to the people's house and you have to hold it all together so they don't break all of the things in the, your friends' houses or fall down the stairs and break their neck. This, that was constantly our worry uh, that our kids were going to destroy other people's houses uh, and then when, it's, when they get to be teenagers, and I have two now, which scares me. I love them. We were created for teenagers, Lori and I were. Not so much the babies. But it's a different trying to, to hold it all together. There's, they've got to be so many different places, and you have hopes and dreams and worries for them as they, as they build relationships and as they learn and as they grow. And I just got to try to hold it together. Or maybe you've, you've felt that at work. Uh, or maybe you've felt that in your own head. <laughs> I must confess uh, that I do, and, and this is regardless of external factors, I do a lot of having to hold my mind together like in, and not descending into, into a chaos-filled ball of, uh, of craziness. Uh, which makes the fact that our world is held together by Jesus Christ that much more significant. Uh, that in my own mind, I can, I can uh, depend on Christ to help me hold it all together. That, that in, in our parenting of our children, we can depend on Christ to help hold all of that thing together. Uh, that when we're parenting babies and small children, we can we can depend on Christ to help us hold all of those things together. To realize, one, that we didn't create the world, that all of that was created by God, and two, that we've, been rece- we've received it as giftedness, and three, that God helps us to live in it and to grow in it and to parent in it and to grandparent in it and to work in it. 
Christ is there always holding things together so that when the world, even outside of our own lives, seems like it is devolving into chaos, that Christ is still present and still at work. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. When we realize those other things that we've talked about, we can fully confess that Jesus is the head of the body that we call the church. Now, you all have a head, right? Yes, thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, It may not be working properly just now, but uh, you have one, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. Levi's like, eh, sometimes. (laughs) Uh, Your head is what controls your body. It tells it what to do and when to do it and how to do it. And it it works on maybe the level of unconscious, well, not maybe, the level of unconsciousness, right? You continue to breathe when you're sleeping because your head tells your body that this is what you must do to survive, right? Your head tells you when you're hungry that you need to eat. It tells you you need to eat those good things for you and not just chips and salsa or chips and queso or chips and bean dip. All the things that I love. Or just ice cream, right? It it, it tells you when you are hurt that you need to rest and heal. It tells you uh, that the good things for you, you must do. You need to get out of bed every morning and go to work. You need to get out of bed and and exercise. Do all the things that, that keep your body healthy. And so this is Christ's function for us. He didn't just create the world. He doesn't just hold it together. But he created the church and he calls the church to rest in the goodness of his createdness. Uh, to confess that he is, he is fully God. Uh, to take our cues from what it is that Jesus does, what he teaches. That hopefully, on the level of our unconsciousness, excuse me, that Jesus tells us to get out of bed to go out into our world as the church and to love people in the same way that Jesus has loved us. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning. Everything that comes to place uh, might come to first place in every... Wow. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. And through him, God was pleased to reconcile to himself all things whether on earth or in earth, uh, or on earth in heaven, making peace through the blood of his cross. Uh, There's a narrative here. (laughs) If you haven't noticed, it goes from creation uh, to restoration. That's where it's headed, reconciling all of us, even when we forget that Christ is the head of the church when we forget that Christ can help us hold together our lives, when we forget that Christ has given us all of the good things that we have, Christ reconciled himself to us through his sacrifice for us. That When we have forgotten all of the good things that God has given us, God still hasn't forgotten us. 
God continues to love us, making peace with us, taking all of the evil in the world, all of, all of the bad things, well, and making peace for those things. I think, I think that, that all of that evil, bad stuff that we might recognize, uh, that God, that's God's good creation gone wrong, uh, that God isn't just come to reconcile us on like an individual level, but that God is, is seeking to reconcile all of the evil in the world too, to replace its selfishness with love. And you who were once estranged and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he is now reconciled in his fleshly body through death, so as to present you as holy and blameless and irreproachable before him, provided that you continue securely established and steadfast in the faith, without shifting from the, prom- the hope promised by the gospel that you heard, which has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven. I think uh, verse 23 here is important. Provided that you continue securely established and steadfast, in the faith when we forget all of the things that Christ has done we can't remain securely established in the faith I I, I think so often um, so often we do forget all of those things and I think sometimes we we begin to believe that our salvation is uh, as much as it is a gift from God, is not something that we necessarily have to participate with. Uh, th- that we talk about uh, grace being, you know, this free gift and all of this, these things, but, but God requires of us that we respond in faithfulness. That we continue to remember that God created the world and has given us all these good things. That we continue to remember that Christ is the one who is helping us hold together that we continue to remember that, that, that we were bad and evil and Christ reconciled himself to us. Uh, when we continue to remember all of those things and choose to live as if Christ is truly our head, helping us to live rightly, think rightly, to believe rightly, to behave rightly, that we participate with what God is doing in us so that we may participate with what God is doing in the world already. So that we might be a part of taking care of God's good creation, uh, the land and its people. Uh, That we might participate in, in being a giftedness to somebody else. Uh, That we might help other people hold it all together that we might rest and hope with those who are broken provided that you continue securely established and steadfast in the faith God's grace is for us God's creation is for us so that we might participate with what God is doing all around the world So there's maybe some questions 
that we have to ask ourselves in response to this. I think we need to ask ourselves, um, do we confess that Jesus is the creator and maker of all things and that we didn't create these things for ourselves but that ultimately they are all, all the things that we have are a gift from God? Do we confess that Christ is holding all things together and do we submit ourselves to Christ so that he may hold us together too? Do we really act as if Christ is the head of the church? Helping us, guiding us, directing us. Uh, That maybe we're so in tune that we might become so in tune with the church that our behavior might go to the level of the unconscious. That our love for God and our love for others becomes something that we could do in our sleep. Like those are the, the questions we need to ask. And if we are unable to confess or, or answer yes to any of those things, well, then we might come today as we come to the table and confess that we have not been, we've not been those who have looked at God's, all the things we have as, as gifts from God. Uh, that we have tried to hold it together by our, by our own power and authority. Uh, that we, we have seen the church not as something that to be directed and, and guided by God, but that, well, I don't know, we get to do whatever we want with it. We're going to receive the Lord's Supper here, uh, as we do. And so I want you to think through those questions uh, as you make your way forward today. Uh, I want you to, well, just rest in the fact that God creates it, creates the world for us. And he's helping us hold together. Thank you for listening to our Sunday morning worship service. For more information about the Heartland Church of the Nazarene, please visit TakeItToTheHeart.com.